We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcasts are presented by Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Make sure you check them out Christmas morning and play in their $1 million NBA Baller Contest with a $250,000 mark in guaranteed overlay. It's the best value tournament in all of DFS, and it's happening on Christmas Day over at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Welcome, guys, to the Week 16 Gilcast. I'm Sammy Reed. Uh, I am joined by my Roto-Grinders cohort, Nate Noling. Davis Maddock is not here this week. He's traveling for the holidays. Uh, he was not skipping out on the show because of a bad performance. Davis actually had a good performance. But, Nate, me and you did not. We were the fish this week, weren't we? We were. We were. Like, but. this is this this is this is two weeks in a row, actually, for me. So, that's a that's a bad um just just a bad way to kind of limp into the finish here i've had a pretty good season and i do not want to end it with three straight bad weeks so i need to win next week man yeah yeah next week next week's always fun i mean week 17 is always fun this was a weird week uh week 16 it was super high scoring i mean it was like you know i was seeing lineups that were like above 200 that were barely like three xing so it was a very high scoring week well, regardless of, uh, of my DFS performance, which wasn't that great, my seasonal performance was great, Nate. I won multiple seasonal championships today, 
So I degaff about losing a little money. Uh, I know that you didn't play your full allotment of volume. I didn't play my full allotment of volume either. Um, you know, just like going into the holidays, it's one of those things where you have so much to do for the holidays, uh, wrapping up a bunch of stuff with work, having to buy presents, all this. I didn't really feel as prepared as usual for this week. Uh, I just didn't have enough time to put into it. So I felt it was prudent not to put as much action on it. Um, what was, what was kind of your feelings about your level of preparation going into this week? And do you think it affected you, uh, making your lineups? Yeah, I would say for me, I mean, my personal life this week was a little weird with work. I mean, uh, I got, you know, it was a crazy week of work for me. So I uh, didn't have as much time to spend on research. And then you add to the fact that it's just out of our normal schedule with no Thursday slate, the Saturday slate, and then just with like holiday stuff, like, I don't know, today didn't feel like a normal Sunday for me. So I didn't end up spending up my normal Saturday night research. So I, I played pretty light. I mean, and then overall, there was just some news and some situations that were kind of tough to break down all week. And week 16, at this point, there were so many teams that didn't have much to play for that we literally had no idea. Like McCaffrey, I could have seen, you know, with, with Carolina being eliminated, like I could have easily seen McCaffrey only getting like first half run and them just sitting him to not injure him in the second half. But, I mean, he played full allotment of snaps. So there were some things that I think we were all surprised about this week. But overall, it was a fun week, really high scoring. And obviously that happens when we have chalk wide receivers like, you know, Robbie Anderson and, and Sterling who go off. So, Well, it, I, I'll tell you, it felt good. I was fully invested in Robbie Anderson this week. Not only did I have him in cash, but I also put him in GPP lineups. And in general, yeah. if you're going to have a real volatile receiver – uh, that's going to be super chalky. A lot of the times it's best to just not play him in tournaments. That's, that's kind of the definition of a good tournament fade, but I didn't fade Robbie a, and I had him on both of my uh, finals teams uh, in seasonal. And so I was just all in on Robbie a and Robbie a came through Nate knowing he came he through. I'm, I'm forever indebted. I may need to get a Robbie Anderson Jersey at this point. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty boss. I mean, he put up, I mean, it was it was a great game for him. I was I was super excited watching that, and then I was really bummed to see how high owned he was. I mean, he was like, what was he in the twenty five dollar double up? I mean, he was seventy two percent. So with every catch, I just thought I was going to be winning all the money, but it wasn't quite that way. Yeah, people are people are too sharp these days, man. They're they're too sharp. But the morning game, I you know the morning games and a lot of DFS really centered around this Jets and Packers games. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, it was like yeah, Jamal was Williams, Robbie Anderson, um, Elijah McGuire, Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure what his ownership percentage was, but he absolutely, like, just crushed puss all day. Yeah. And multiple rushing touchdowns, multiple passing touchdowns, over 400 yards. Like, this game was, like, the game-to-game -game stack. Yeah, it was vintage Aaron Rodgers here, um, you know, just doing what he does. So that was that was good to see. And obviously the Jamal Williams, he was he was pretty chalky. And he put up a huge game and then, you know, went into overtime as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of fantasy goodness in that game. And I think that was the game that I probably missed on from an – we'll get to the construction here. But I went Chubb over over Jamal Williams, which was the uh, was the thing that kind of killed my day. Well, I, I also uh, did not play Jamal Williams, and that's something that killed my day. But I did play him in seasonal and won a championship, so thanks, Jamal. It's all good. You know, I'm not even mad. I'm flying on cloud nine. 
It is no. Sammy, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Championship, man. I got. Are I you? Play Jamal Williams. I. Uh, I'm fading Jared Cook and 12 points tomorrow. So. Oh my God, that's I, uh, that's such a brutal situation to be in, dude. It, it really is. I. I uh, had been rolling with Philip Rivers all year. Philip Rivers put up a five pointer on thir- on Saturday. I thought I was dead, but I came back to life today with some Jamal Williams love, some Juju, some yeah. Had a, had some big or Zach Ertz was the real guy who carried me. But uh, oh hell yeah! So now I'm up. I'm up. I think eleven, and I uh, I just need to. You know, I had first place, so I just need to hold it. So is this a PPR? Yeah. Oh Jesus! Fading twelve points from Jared Cook, it's gonna be how tough. brutal. So first off, it's always the worst to like try and fade people because you're just rooting for things not to happen the whole time and just getting mad when they do. And uh, and also that it's tomorrow night, you have to sit around for like twenty four hours. Yeah, it's gonna be like Christmas Eve, and I'm gonna be getting off of work and like thinking about <laughs> wonder what Oakland's doing. Like, uh, that's that's terrible. I wish you the best of luck, my friend. Thanks, bro. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about these lineups that we put together, uh, as well as seasonal went for me. DFS was not so kind. I played Taylor Heineke. I I did as well. I did as well. And I mean, I think for for me, this was a pretty. I I didn't stress over this decision much the way that some people uh, were. I mean, at the end of the day, for me, I think that. Um, Quarterback fantasy output is one of those things that we've seen and it's just been proven is pretty fungible overall. I mean, you're going to have a pretty tight distribution of scoring from a fantasy quarterback perspective. And so when you get a guy who's 4k, uh, that's locked into playing the whole game, it's not like you run the risk of being benched. It's not like you run the risk of, you know, I, I, I just, at 4k, it didn't really matter what, what else I thought was, was going to happen here. I just thought, Heineke was a play, not because of his talent, not because of anything else, but at just the end of the day, 4K, what I could do with the rest of my lineup, which um, what uh, it allowed me to get Saquon, Zeke, and Nick Chubb, which was the the lineup that I thought was the highest floor. So I was pretty set on Heineke. I know a lot of people went fulls, and obviously that um, hurt a little bit. But um, it, it hurt a lot. That was a 20-point difference. Heineke ended up at – about 16 foals ended up at about 36 foals through for 471 yards, Nate, 471 yeah. yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, that hurts. Uh, in our freaking eyeballs, bro. Just like in the eye. That's just, that's just such a, such a wiener slap to the face. Yeah. I mean, especially when you look at the amount of passing attempts that Heineke had, I mean, yeah, it was tilting. Yeah, it, it, it's very tilting. And don't get me wrong, I would have played Foles over Heineke, but I liked my lineup enough and didn't, you know, I was like several, I was like $400 short of Foles. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, I'm not going to like get down from these other plays I like for what I considered a marginal quarterback upgrade. So I'm actually okay with the process, but the results here did not work out at all. Yeah, it for me it wasn't Heineke because I had Heineke projected above, you know, the Foles range or, you know, above Darnold or anything like that. It was actually like if I had to rank the cheaper quarterbacks, it would have been like Darnold, Foles, Mullins, then Heineke probably, but it was just the fact of what a 4K QB allowed me to do. Yeah. So it it allowed you to get all three running backs that you absolutely love talk a little bit about those guys and 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 more 
so your holistic decision to pay up at all three running back spots and not take advantage of some of the low price guaranteed workload like Jamal mm-hmm. Williams, Elijah McGuire, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, so the two locks for me were Zeke and Saquon. I think Zeke very clearly, um, I mean, his workload is like second to none right now. And um, with the questions about Gurley and everything else going into this late, it was, you know, Zeke was by far the one guy. Like if I had to pay up for one running back, it was going to be Zeke here. Um, I think Saquon was um, was my next spend for sure at 7.9. I, I love the discount that you're getting on Saquon. Um, and we've – we've talked a lot. I mean, I'm a huge Saquon guy. I think I actually believe in his talent. I also believe in his workload. Um, and then the question was, what do I want to do with this, with this last running back position? And, and I uh, kind of waffled between Chubb and Jamal Williams, but um, ended up going Chubb um, just because I felt so much more confident in his, um, in his rushing attempt share and just his overall workload. And we've seen Chubb starting to get some targets uh, that we weren't seeing when he first took over this role. But the way that this Browns offense for me was moving, get, I was, I just felt like it was worth worth paying up for Chubb over Williams, and I felt like with my receivers there was enough value that I felt like um, at receiver that I felt okay. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to take the safety with Chubb, but um, looking back, that the discount to Williams would have been would have been very nice. Yeah, I. So I also played Ezekiel and Saquon. Um, Ezekiel, for obvious reasons, wish we'd, I wish he'd have scored more points. It felt like Dallas actually rarely had the ball in this game. Yeah. And that kind of happens. They, uh, they forced a fumble and returned it for a touchdown after, like, a dr- so, like, Tampa's just holding on to the ball this whole time. They have a drive, and then they fumble six, and then they get the ball back. Um, and it just felt like they really – held on to the ball for a long time. You know, the the Cowboys, I mean, Dak only passed 25 times and Zeke ran it 18 times. Not a lot of plays in this game for Dallas, even though they were ahead pretty much the whole game. So that was that was a little bit tilting. Uh, but Zeke was like 74% owned. So, you know, the fact that he didn't have a great game. Saquon, I think there's some tilt to go, to go around there because – Eli Manning punched in a touchdown. Uh, he ran a touchdown in that easily could have been Saquon's, and then he passed like a little three-yard touchdown to a tight end that could have been Saquon's. And it all just could – like Saquon could have had a much bigger game here. Yeah, the Eli sneak was like the tilt for sure. Oh, that's, uh, just, that's just the stone low. Yeah, Saquon getting 21 rushing attempts with, with, with only one t- – yeah, I mean it was – 21 rushes and seven targets. I will take yeah. that all day, every day from Saquon Barkley. It just didn't, it didn't turn That's into 7.9. I mean, we're, like he was, you, you were getting a $900 discount from McCaffrey. You were getting a $1,100 discount from Zeke. Or, I mean, yeah, this, this Saquon price tag was, was to me just like one of the biggest misprices on the slate. I mean, right. he was 9,400 last week. Yeah. He's the same price as like Adam Thielen as like, I mean, this was this was a no-brainer for me. People are pre- like Amari Cooper was seven point five. I mean, this was the Saquon like workload is, yeah. yeah I'm tilted so, no more. I think about this Saquon thing. He's I'm like, actually tilted too because he was only twenty six percent owned, and I mean, you know, twenty one rushes, seven targets. I mean, it's just like he should have absolutely smashed 
And he should have smashed three quarters of all human beings who played DFS did not play Saquon Barkley. And I just think that's really bad. And he yeah. just, he just didn't have quite a big enough game to like make him pay for it. And that sucks. Yeah. I mean, we, we should have done better here, Nate. We should have done better. So the, the, uh, the mistake so, was Chubb. The mistake, the mistake was Chubb. Yeah. Yes and no. I think, yes, it was because I think when you have so much low-priced running back guaranteed workload, like Jamal Williams, uh, Elijah, et cetera, you need to take advantage of it. You know, you need to have one of those guys, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and Jamal but I, Williams uh, ended up with a much more diversified workload too. He ended up with 75% of the team's rushing attempts with 16% of the team's target share uh, compared to Chubb who didn't have nearly the target share that he did. So that was the part that it was, you know, pretty tilting. I mean, Chubb only got 67% of his team's rushing attempts and only 7% of the team target share. And honestly, like, yeah, but, but paying but Chubb, 7 plus K for Chubb when he doesn't get the passing work that we, I don't know. I, so, so here's so here's the thing, Nate. First off, you're looking at percentage of rushing, but he got 19 of 21 running back rushes. Yeah, you know, six of those rushes were Mayfield, Four one Mayfield. was Jarvis Landry's. Dude, he got all the running back rushes, and he got three targets. He was a big home favorite against a bad defense. I had so much Chubb. He was probably my number one owned GPP player today. Um, I just thought he was a great, great, great play. And for me, it was either Saquon or Chubb in cash. Uh, I thought Chubb was an amazing play. So I don't think that playing Chubb was bad. I, I just think that like the decision to not play one of the low price guys who was going to get 15 to 20 touches probably wasn't good. Yeah, that was a little fishy. But speaking of fishy things, why don't we talk a little bit about what I did with my third running back spot, Nate? I did not play Nick Chubb. I did not play Jamal Williams. Did you go Brita? Who did you go? I did not play Matt Brita. I did not play... Uh, um, did you go Elijah McGuire? I did not play Elijah McGuire. Nate, you want to know who I played? Yeah, I'm so confused. <laughs> I actually I'm don't so know embarrassed. I'm I don't want to say it. Listeners. I'm not... I actually am genuinely... I don't want to say, I, I, I'm so embarrassed to say this out loud, Nate. What did you do? I played Kalen Balage. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm such a fish. Yeah, bro. Yep. I did oh, it. It feels good. It feels good to say it out loud. Oh, it feels really, really cathartic, actually. I'm glad we're having this moment. Oh, Sammy. All right, so four rushing attempts, four targets. Oh my god, I'm just so bad. I'm just so bad. It's so okay. So here's what I was thinking, and then I'll just let you lay into me because I already know this is just fishy. As just, I'm so tilted right now. So my thing was, I loved every other spot in my lineup, but looking at my lineup, I actually don't. So this was bad. Um, but I thought the Bellage would get like. 12 to 15 carries at 3.7 and a target or two. And I'm like, is he that much different than McGuire? Is it that much different than Jamal Williams? Uh, and he's a hell of a lot cheaper. It allowed me to do some things at receiver that were really cool that I'll talk about in a bit. Um, but obviously that's bad process because 
he didn't get all that work. He had like a 31 yard catch early and I'm like, Oh hell yeah. Oh, it's all happening. And then like, they just didn't give him any run. They, they, they gave him all the run last week and they just didn't go with it this week, even though they said they would. And I think that's my own fault because who, who the hell is Kalen Balage? Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. He's basically like the Peyton Barber play where it's like, you know, his upside basically in this spot was like what Peyton Barber gets every week, you know, Peyton Barber continues to be priced at like 3.7, 3.6K, continues to see, you know, between, you know, 13 and, and 18 to 19 rushing attempts with the target or two every once in a while. But I just – I'm, I'm just I'm just a damn fish, man. Like, I just – I, like, justified it to myself that he wasn't that much different than McGuire slash Jamal Williams. And – uh their workload was a lot more assured than Balaj's was. I think Balaj would have been a fine play if they hadn't have taken away his usage, but he only got four carries and four targets. Yep. You know, Maguire, Maguire just is so much more hev- heavily utilized in the past game. So yeah, that's what just, I would, I would just egregious. So uh, I'll talk about the things that it let me do at receiver and I'll just kind of go into that and then we'll talk about your receivers. It allowed me to hit the nuts not even the nuts because I didn't have Antonio Brown, um, but it allowed me to play Devonte Adams, Robert Woods, and Robbie Anderson at receiver. I didn't have to play two cheap receivers, and that's something I've really been trying to do in cash: is not play two value receivers because it feels like one of them always busts. And I was huge on Robert Woods; he had a smash game. Uh, I was huge on Devonte Adams; he had a fairly he had a he had a great game. Um, didn't translate to a crap load of fantasy points, but good enough. Uh, and I was big on Robbie Anderson as everybody was. So I love that receiving core. So I got Adams, Anderson, and Woods. I also got to play Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. And those were like the five guys I wanted the most on this slate. And so that's why I made some concessions that like quarterback and flex. And in the end, I think those concessions were too much. Um, Devonte Adams ended up, I think, with 18 targets. 11 catches. He didn't have that many yards. He didn't break anything off, but he got that touchdown at the end to win the game, uh, which kind of salvages day. 24.1 points. Robbie Woods, uh, 28.4 DraftKings points. He was great. Um, Scored a touchdown, 89 yards, six reception. Everything was great. So my receivers were lit. Uh, What did you do at receiver? I just, the Devontae thing. I mean, he got 18 targets and and didn't get over 100 yards. That's like... 18 Aaron Rodgers targets and not getting over 100 yards. I mean, he had 11 receptions. I couldn't believe what we were seeing out of him. He had, you know, an eight out of like eight point. I mean, it was a brutal game for him from an efficiency standpoint here. But um, Yeah, they never did one of those deep back shoulder throws to him that gets like 25 yards. Yeah, yeah. The Devontae thing was – he could have had a much bigger game here. Um, yeah, but but, I mean, he wasn't doing squat – until that, Until like, that last, last touchdown. Time. That was a little run good, actually. Yeah. Um, I went really cheap at receiver. Um, there were a couple guys that I was really high on this week. Um, so, Robbie Anderson, obviously, was the lock. That wasn't really in question. Um, my second favorite wide receiver was uh, Sterling Shepard. Um, and both of those guys I felt really great about from a value perspective. So, but- so, so let's talk a little bit about Shepard, though, for a minute, because – I was sick and tired of Shepard. I was like, dude, this guy's just a joker. Like, he's not getting anything done. 
I'm not like, I haven't even been playing him, but I'm not going to be like you and Davis, you idiots, and get fooled again. Yeah. Shepard, Shepard instead smashed his balls off six for 113. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Shepard thing this week got even more like solidified for me <clears throat> when Russell Shepard was out as well. So it wasn't just Odell, it was also Russell Shepard. Like, he was a lock. And, and how, much, how much was he? It completely – I'm not going to lie, like, because of my week, it actually completely escaped me that Russell Shepard was not playing. Yeah, he was 48. Okay. So, he was 48. And for me, it was – I wanted one of the – I didn't want three Giants in cash. Because <laughs> I, I didn't want two Giants in cash. <laughs> I didn't want three. I said I, I wanted to limit. So, it was either Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram. Yeah. But I was so high on Kittle that I went with the Sterling-Kittle combo versus the um, – what was the other combo I was looking at? I think it was Evan Ingram and then uh, – who was the 6K? I can't remember who was it. I can't remember who it was that I was looking at. I was looking at a 2v2. But, um, yeah, like I then Alshon? went – Yeah, it was something like that. Um, it was something like that. And I ended up going with the um, kittle Shepherd, and I, I, I felt good about that. But it did leave me in a weird spot here uh, for my last wide receiver position that I was fiddling with all afternoon or all morning trying to figure out what I wanted to do because it was like I had 3.9K left, I think. Mm -hmm. I uh, ended up going with Isaiah McKenzie. It was – it did not go well. He, he got – I think eight or nine targets, but did, uh, <laughs> did, not, did not do much with those targets. Wait a second. So three of them were like uncatchable. Three of them were like thrown over his head. That was like just Josh Allen's sales. But wait a second. So your three receiver, you didn't play Devonte Adams. No, I had Shepard, Robbie and McKenzie. Christ almighty. That's bad. Nathan. <laughs> That's a squalid yeah, I, group of receivers. You're lucky to score as many points as you did. I faded, I, I faded all the high-priced wide receivers in, and went just with the lock the value in because I went paid up at running back. Nate, so. it, was, it was not a good day to fade the high-priced receivers. Especially when Saquon, Zeke, and Chubb combined for like a total of 30 DraftKings points. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, One of them had a ceiling of 30 themselves. I mean, mate, we've been, we've been talking about this every week where it's like it's better to, to have value running backs than value receivers because value running backs, their workload is just like so assured, you know? Like 18 touches from, from a, a low-priced running back is just such a better sure thing in cash than like what you think might be like six or seven targets from a cheap receiver. I just think the value that we're getting when you talk about like – literally like 30 to 35 guaranteed opportunities for Zeke and Saquon is like so far and above like the, just the game script, oh. the floor and ceiling combination of those two guys. Like I needed to pay up for both of those. I think the, I the, Chubb, the Chubb thing was a mistake. I should have gone down to Williams and I probably should have gotten off Kittle for a cheaper tight end. I mean, you could have played Blake Jarwin like me and gotten 2.8 points. And, and the thing about that is, Nate, is I had enough money. I had the extra 100 bucks to get to Herndon. Oof. Would it would have changed my slate? I was, I was in, like, the 50-50s. I, I won some head-to-heads for sure. Yeah. I think I finished with, like, 154, 155. But the cash line in, like, these big, you know, was, like, eight points above that, right? Yeah. 
And so, um, you know, I just like Jarwin because I really like the matchup against Tampa. I was like, dude, Jarwin has seven, seven targets in back-to-back games, you know, et cetera. I'm already playing Robbie Anderson. I'm already playing one pass catcher from the Jets. Uh, I probably don't want to go too overboard on that. And instead, I really should have because that would have been like a huge equity shift. I don't know if like process-wise it was bad to play Jarwin or it was just like I ran bad in that regard. But um, but that was that was a big pivotal point for me uh, playing Jarwin over Herndon. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't know what I should have done at tight end. I just was, you know, with with the Chicago being able to shut down the the run so much. I just thought Kittle was gonna have a massive workload here. And obviously he's Kittle's not just a a tight end who gets workload. He's also like unbelievably talented after the catch. And so I just felt good about getting Kittle in at six K when I was looking at similar workloads from everybody else around him. I couldn't. uh. I mean, I, so I'm not kidding you, bro. I'm, I'm like looking at some teams that finished ahead of me in this double up. This one team has like Antonio Callaway, Dallas Goddard at tight end, Allen Robinson at flex. When you can just jam like, in just like outscore me like on a team in cash, that's what you got to do. I mean, it's just so sick. Yeah, Ertz was the play at tight end. I mean, Ertz just went went ham. He did. Herndon five point two percent. Jarwin nine percent. I mean, this is just. I'm looking at these teams above me. One guy played Golden Tate and Alfred Blue. He scored thirty more points than me. You know, it's just like how how does this even happen? These guys are playing like. They, they played Antonio Brown, though, and Nick Foles. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a tilting day. I did not want to go through my head-to-heads to see who beat me because I knew it was going to be tilting. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the big things were I think you're, I think you definitely made a mistake by not paying down at one of the running back positions. That makes you a huge fish. I played Kalen Village in cash. I did pay down at running back, and I just, like, picked – the stone cold nut low uh, cheap running back. I don't know why I did that. And I'm a complete idiot. So here we are. Did we both go Patriots D? Yeah, we both went Patriots D. I, it, they were only 25%. I'm surprised at that. They were a, what, 12 point favorite home favorite against mm-hmm. Josh Allen and the yep. bills. Yep. I, I don't, I don't know how, I, I don't really understand the process of people who did not play them. I think if I would have gone Zay Jones over McKenzie, I make money. Yeah, you should have played Zay Jones. I had Zay Jones. Yeah, you should have. You should have done that. Why would you? <laughs> I mean, because you guys got me off. I think McKenzie's like halfway decent, and he's been getting some usage. But like Zay Jones, though. You guys all flamed me for having Zay Jones. I didn't flame you. You and Davis both were like, Nate, you cannot roll Zay Jones in cash. Nah, Davis said that. That wasn't me. I mean, it, it might have been me. That sounds like something I would say because you probably shouldn't play Zay Jones in cash. But uh, well, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's a tournament play, mate. Both of them were. I mean, no, Zay Jones is not a tournament tournament play. Both of here's the thing that you have to understand <laughs> yes, about this. Buffalo. Any Buffalo no, Bill is a tournament. No, play. no. When you have cheap wide receivers like that who are in an offense that currently has the highest A dot in the league right now, Josh Nate. Allen is throwing the ball downfield. Nate, when you. You're, you're being a fish. You're being a fish. No, He's no. got a high A dot. That's, that's exactly right. He's got a high yes. A dot from Josh Allen. That is a boomer yes. bust play. No, when you are talking low price wide receivers, that's what you're looking for. This isn't, a, this isn't a 9K, I'm paying up Tyreek Hill type high A. This is a 
when I'm looking for a cheap wide receiver, I want to find a guy who, if he, if he is able to catch the ball, those targets can actually mean something. Not a low A dot 4K guy who's going to see four targets. <laughs> like Isaiah McKenzie? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just the Buffalo offense is, is pushing the ball down the field. Josh Allen had a 11.2 A dot this week. I mean, that's a – yeah, and he threw the ball 41 times. I mean, that's uh, – when I can get 20% of that offense at 3.7K or whatever he was, I'll take him or Zay Jones. Nate, I fear you might be a fish. You, well, you, 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 you do not have gills and scales. Yeah, it was a bad week. Uh, <laughs> why did I play a Buffalo? Did you play any Yahoo? Did you max enter that tourney on Yahoo? I didn't. I didn't end up having time. I'm a, I max did entered you? it again. You're, did you? I mean, I don't. It, it, I, I made time for that. That's like something you have to do. Yeah. Did you end up? I didn't win a ton of money. I just max entered that tourney for like 200 bucks and I got out like 260. So, I mean, a nice ROI, but like in terms of like actual money, it's not much. Yeah. Were you a uh, question for you on Devante? Were you ever almost pay, playing Deandre over him this week? Cause that would have been the struggle for me. If I was paying up for one of those guys uh, would have been, I think I probably would have gone Hopkins versus Devante this week. Yeah, I was I was very close on them. I just um, I had a lot of Hopkins in tournaments. I made like a lot of lineups that were the same, and just like had Devonte in one and Nuke in the other. Like they were they were definitely in cash. I just love 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 the floor of Devonte. He just never doesn't score points. Yeah, um, you know, and Nuke had a real good game himself. He had nine for one hundred four, so he scored twenty point four. Um, so that's a fine game, but I, I really thought Devontae was the number one receiver on the slate. And he, I mean, 18 targets. He was the most targeted player in the yep. NFL. But Antonio Brown, like, I think scored like 47 DK points. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, he had 19 targets and converted 14 of them for, you know, 185 yards. Oh, my gosh. Antonio just... What a goat, dude! People, people were just straight like adding uh, Matt the or F the Oracle Matthew oh, Friedman all uh, day on Twitter, all day. Even Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown tweeted at him. Did you see this? No, are you kidding? Oh yeah, Antonio Brown like tweeted at him and said like he would like mess his jaw up. Did you not? There was some crazy targets this week. I mean, we had Antonio Brown had, had 19, like you said. Devontae had 18. We had Ertz with 16. Galladay had 15. Juju, 15. Robbie, 13. So we had, like, multiple guys with 15-plus targets this week, which uh, you don't see every week. Yeah, no. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I wish I had won money at DFS, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm a fantasy champion, Nate. Seasonal, bitch. woo that's all, all right. that matters. Way to go, Sammy. Yeah, congrats to me. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about this showdown slate. And, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I'm probably not going to play. Yeah, it's going to be Christmas Eve. I mean, it's going to be a pretty gross slate overall. It'll be interesting to see, like, what the action looks like tomorrow night because these showdown slates starts to fill, I mean, very, very close to lock. I mean, if you yeah. – most of the time I'm sitting here going, oh – you're going to get some overlay. We're going to get some overlay. 
um, and then it disappears very close to lock. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see ultimately just like what the action looks like with it being, you know, Christmas Eve and everything, but we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's, let's just talk about a couple of the plays. Um, again, like, you know, just, just to be fully transparent, I'm probably not going to play this. I'm going to be busy tomorrow, all that stuff. Um, but I, you know, I did look over the slate just a little bit. So, you know, I, I guess we should talk about at least some of the plays and some of the players that we like. Uh, obviously, the game is Denver at Oakland. Uh, right now, Denver is favored, the last I saw, by two and a half points. Um, so, small road favorite. What do you kind of feel about just the overall mood of this game? How do you expect it to go? Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be one of those games where there's – a lot of uncertainty here just overall when we look at this Denver offense uh, we look at the injuries that they've taken on we look at just where they're at in their season and when then we look at Oakland on the other side of things I think this is going to be one of those games where there's a lot less we, we have no idea what the actual opportunity is going to go and where it's going to go and so this is where I would say take your shots on the guys that you um Take take your shots on guys that you believe in the talent level. Even if we don't know what the vo- what the where the volume is going to go, are, are, you, that, are you speaking of Cortland Sutton right now? Yes. Yes. I, I just we have no. I, I, his his workload has been all over the place, but I would rather bet on that. I just would. So well, I, I would too. And the other thing is, he's. I doubt he's going to be that chalky because like Deshaun Hamilton has been getting more targets. Tim Patrick. Yep has, yep. I think, 10 and 8 targets in his last two games. Like, yep. Sutton, if you just game log surf, is like the number three receiver, right? Yep. Um, and I think that's I, – I, I agree with you that at depressed ownership, I think that's a good spot to take a chance on a guy who's probably the most athletic and the most pedigreed of all those guys. And I think he's going to end up, like, with the most air yards on the slide. I mean, I, I just think he's got the most potential from a ceiling standpoint here. Um, you know, I think – Overall, he he's definitely my favorite, probably my favorite player from Denver. I'll have some Tim Patrick here. Um, I probably won't have any Deshaun, if I'm being honest. Sure. I think he's going to be. I think of of the bunch, I think he's going to be the most overowned, um, just based on uh, recent results. But what are your yeah, thoughts he's, here? He's on kind Oakland? of a he's kind of a low A dot guy, slot receiver, etc. You know, if you're looking for a guy who can bust the slate and make huge plays. Might not be Deshaun. No, it'll be Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Okay, so so I'm on board with that. What are your thoughts about Oakland from a receiving standpoint? We've seen Jordy Nelson get some decent volume lately in the last three games, uh, 11, 7, and 8 targets. He's actually getting yeah. some pretty decent usage. Obviously, Jared Cook has had some monster games this year. You have some – you know, slight usage from guys like Aitman and <laughs> et cetera. Like what's kind of your overall feel from, from Oakland's pass catchers? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if cook ends up leading the team in overall target share, but I think Jordy's going to have the more, the more valuable um, targets here. He's, you know, got the a dot that I'd rather chase here um, over cook and cook at 9,800 is just, I mean, his price tag is pretty, pretty high up there at this point where I would rather take, take Jordy um, at his price point and then mess around with some guys like Aitman here. But the one thing I will actually talk about is I actually, if there's like one guy in Oakland that I'm, that I'm excited about playing it probably, 
outside of Jordy. I mean, I actually could see playing a decent amount of Jalen Richard here. Um, I think Denver, sure. Denver's, you know, it, this is, you know, passing running back like him is where you want to attack Denver. Um, and so that he's kind of, he'd be the second guy I'd be most excited about outside of Jordy here, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. If you think that Denver gets up in this game and Oakland's going to have to spend a decent amount of the game uh, throwing the ball in, you know, situations where you know they're throwing the ball, not just like third down, um, but you know, consistently like Richard's going to be on the field. I think that's a, that's a sharp play to make. Yep. Um, Any thoughts on Aitman here? Cause I'll, I'll probably have a decent amount of Aitman too. I will also have a decent amount of Aitman. I, I think that if you just look at like, if you're, if you're a game log surfer, which I think a lot of people who play showdown are, they're just going to see Aitman and be like, ah, kind of, yeah, whatever. Um, but you might have his air yard stuff in front of you. I don't, but I feel like he's been getting some pretty decent air yardage. Yeah. If, if we look at, um, let's see, let's, if we look at last week specifically, um, he ended up, uh, did he, no, he wasn't. Okay. So it was Jordy for sure last week. But, um, if we look at the last couple weeks, I mean, Aitman, he is seeing a little bit more work last week was not, um, was not necessarily the week for him, but um, over the past couple weeks, I would say he's at his price. He's probably one of my favorite from a volume perspective here. I think. Yeah. Um, Philip Lindsay, obviously he's probably the single best uh, running back play just in terms of like sheer expectation. How do you handle 12 two? He's 12 two. How do you handle a guy who's probably going to be really owned like this? Um, and it, I don't know. Like, how, how do you kind of handle that when he's clearly the highest projected running back also? Yeah. I'm probably going to be a fade here. Okay. Um, at 12-2, he needs to – like, all that you need from him is to not get in the end zone, and it's a good fade, you know? Yeah. Um, so, at 12-2, I think I would rather just hope for that. Um because, I mean, he's just so far above these guys. Got any early favorites for the captain? Have you done any lineup construction yet? Yeah, I mean, Jordy is probably my my favorite uh, yeah. from a captain standpoint. Um, but I could also see just even just going with, with some Case Keenum too. I think Case Keenum is a decent spot for a captain here as well just because I think – Denver has enough guys, whether it, if you don't know if it's going to be Cortland, if you don't know if it's going to be Deshaun, if you don't know it's going to be Tim Patrick, um, and Lindsay also catches as, as well. So I, I think I could see Case Keenum having a big game, and then uh, I'd mix in some Jordy and Aitman captain, captain too. But Sutton and the captain, mate. Sutton and the captain. Sutton for you, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have some. I mean, obviously not 100%, but I'm a believer in Sutton. Uh, just like you said, I think the – the chances that he can make a big play um, are probably the best on that team from a receiving standpoint. And I don't think he'll be that owned. So. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So if I, if I throw in a couple entries and I'm saying I won't play, I probably will. I'm a DJ. You know, we'll be at like, we'll be at dinner, like me and my wife and my mom-in-law and I'll be making lineups under the table and, you know, just jam something into the captain and get rich. It'll be great. Let's yeah. Do it. That's the plan. Um, I think that's it, man. I think that's it. This has been uh, this has been a great 
just just season for us. Obviously, we have next week. We'll have the playoffs. But I feel like there's kind of a line of delineation here in the season after week 16. Things start getting weird. The, fa- the, the seasonal fantasy year is over, and it's like, hey, you know, it's Christmas, you know? Yeah, week 17 is always a, more of a GPP week just because it's going to get weird. Yeah. Well, I'm fully into that. Brother, have a great th- have a great Christmas um, to all the listeners. Uh, I'm sure you guys are probably listening to this on like Christmas Eve. Uh, go spend time with your families. Have a great Christmas. Uh, we're thankful for all of you, and we will talk to you guys. Next week.